podcast for December 10th, 2010. It's not safe for work. Recorded live from the downslope of the Laffer Curve, it's The Professional Left with Drift Glass and Blue Gal. And I'm a little hoarse today, Blue Gal. Oh, well, it's winter. <clears throat> We've had well, I was, a blast of cold air here. I was out last night. Oh! Yeah, went out <laughs> last right. night with a, with a friend, and it was a night for drinking and talking a little treason at the local bar. Oh, so good. that's what we did. And good it was, for you. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, it cleared out some cobwebs, and <laughs> I was feeling sorry for myself. Oh, aren't we all? My goodness. So it was, yeah. It was. Uh, I feel like I felt last night like we'd lost the presidency, and I couldn't I remember the election. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just what happened? What the well, hell happened? As I twittered, <laughs> this is probably really, really unfair. <laughs> but as I twittered in the wake of uh, Barack Obama's press conference, that Obama is clearly positioning himself as the Democrats' Mitt Romney for a run against President McCain in 2012. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, whoa, it was really fast. Yeah. It was suddenly, you know, there's talk and talk and talk, and then he goes into a back room and comes, it's very Chicago, I must say. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. he, he goes into the back room with the principals, and clearly, you know, the progressives and the liberals and the Democrats have nothing to do with this decision. Exactly, yeah. He's, he's their representative. He's the guy yep. who's you know, supposed to be representing our side. So he went into the back room with Mitch McConnell and and his crew and cut a deal. Yeah. And the the there's a sort of tidal sweep back and forth this morning about it was a terrible betrayal. No, it was the best deal he could cut. It was it was the best possible thing. No, it was it was an awful stupid idea. And uh, and that's where the left is right now. Yeah. Uh. Every single hardcore Obama supporter I know feels betrayed yeah. at this point. And. One of the things I think is kind of interesting, I want to do full disclosure here, which is what Obama said at his press conference about yes. liberals. Yes. That was really hard to take, and I really have nothing to add to what Keith Olbermann said last night. I don't know if you've heard it yet or not, but it's worth uh-huh. listening to. I did hear it, yeah. I said on a recent podcast within the past two months exactly what Barack Obama said about liberals, which mm-hmm. is – we're far more interested in being right than being powerful. Uh-huh. However, yes. I didn't say it after selling my partner's car. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, we were talking about this in the pregame. You know, the um, the idea that you wake up in the morning and this partner of yours that you've helped put through college and suffered through the slings and arrows of daily life and so forth, and you wake up with this person and you find out they've sold your car. Uh-huh. And they've sold it so that they can give the money to their rich uncle because if they don't give the rich uncle some money, he's not going to get along with anybody. And, right. and it's really important that he get along with people, mm-hmm. you know, in the family. And so you sold – I sold your car so that I could give him some money so that he would be happy. Yeah. And then you object to that and you say, what the hell? What did you just do? Don't you understand? That's my car. That's my transportation. Uh-huh. And then what? your partner says, well, what? you're just not mature enough to understand how difficult family life is. Yeah. Dumbass. And at that point, that's yeah. the point that yeah, we're this, at right now you know, This is not the, with this, you know, this president. This is not the gift of the fucking Magi. No. You know? Where at the end, everybody sacrifices, and ironically, they each sacrifice 
to give the other what the other one had sacrificed. Yeah, no. You know, no. by the way, if you look carefully in that story, you'll find that the numerically the, the amount of money they spend in there is not it's not possible to add up to the total. So that's a little O. Henry backroom <laughs> geek literary humor. But I was thinking this morning, you know, you know what I feel like? I feel like the, the first 10 minutes of the Blues Brothers in a not funny way. You know, I'm mm-hmm. Jake Elwood. I just got out of prison and, and my brother shows up in this crappy car mm-hmm. going, yeah. okay, where, where's the blues mobile? Oh, I traded it for a microphone. You did what now? <laughs> you did what? <laughs> you, why, yeah. why did you do that? Well, you know, eh, except in, of course, in the movie, it was, well, okay, I can see that. I can yeah. totally see that. I can really see having to do a really tough trade, you know, because if nothing else, if nothing else, people who don't understand how politics works, and that's, let's face it, that's 95% of, of oh, America. Yes, yeah. Even the hardcore geeks do not have the fucking faintest idea how politics works. We just got a clear sort of museum looking through the Lucite window view of exactly how politics works. You go into a back room, you, you know, the weaker party uh, bleeds themselves nearly to death. The stronger party gives them a little scrap. And then you go into the next room and pretend it was a good deal. Yeah. That's how politics works. And this is how George Bush put us in Iraq. Yep. He sim- just the way he, sim- he did the tax cuts, he committed us to something that he knew would be impossible to undo later. Yep. So, so he wins, right? Yeah. I win. I stuck the army in Iraq. I dare you to fucking get it out. Mm-hmm. I, gave, I gave rich people tax cuts for 10 years knowing they'd blow up today. I dare you to take them back. But that's why the Republicans resist every single change to health care. Oh, yeah. It's because once you do it, once you do anything, it's very hard to undo. Yes, especially if it's a good thing. Yeah. You well, know, especially if it's something that benefits a special interest. I right. mean, like know, old people. Look, we're gonna, yeah, we're going to have to decide how this you know, affects rich people, and then yeah. we'll be able to tell you. How does this affect the Walton family, you well, know, the Walmart owners? How do, yeah. you know, as long as we know that, then we know Blanche Lincoln's happy, then we can proceed. It seems I, like – Actually, that's a, that's a really good dividing line. The original Walton family from the Waltons versus you know, the Depression Wal- era large family, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, living on a farm versus the Walmart family. Yeah, the Walmart family. Yeah. The multi multi billionaires, and there and and this is the part that vex- and the multi multi billionaires who are willing to spend millions of dollars so they don't have to pay the estate tax. Yes, and that and is when? so unpatriotic. It is so unpatriotic and immoral. Well. But they, they've hired the best marketing firm in America. They've hired the Republican Party yeah. to yeah. market their treasonous, selfish, mm-hmm. anti-American behavior as patriotic. And yeah. the Republicans do it because they get paid to do it. Yep. And that's the part that um, just – the part that drove me nuts yesterday, the, the thing that really – and I, I slept on it. I was really angry. Like all liberals, very disappointed, very pissed off. The thing that still just – I bang my head against the wall. Um, even if this was the best deal possible, even if that's true, the schizophrenia of the White House messaging mm-hmm. versus the unity of the GOP messaging yep. is what's killing us. Yep. Because yep. Barack Obama will stand up and, and say, you know, well, you know, it's like they didn't do the math real good in the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. Ha, ha, ha. Now, what you meant to say is these fuckers lied to you for 10 years. Yep. That's the honest truth. But you won't say that. No, I know. <clears throat> you will say, well, this was a hostage situation. 
So of course, what do you, you know? And I, but I was afraid hostages might be harmed. Well, dude, that's the point of a hostage that's situation. That's what you say before that's, you make a deal with them. You call right. them hostage takers. You and say, you here's what we're doing. We're negotiating with hostage takers who are holding everything hostage right. for, as you called it on your blog, blood money for billionaires. Well, and the last and call your congressman and call your senator and tell them to stop it. And the last I don't understand why we don't have any faith in voters anymore. It, well, see, that's the thing that gets me is that this whole messaging, this whole picture that I now have in my mind of how politics works, as you've said, yep. is <clears throat> wealthy people in D.C. making decisions based on what wealthy people want. Yes. And that's it. That's it. First of all, the purpose of holding hostages is to threaten to harm them. Yeah. So yeah. every hostage situation. Secondly, if I remember correctly, there was a hostage situation about a year ago with Somali pirates. Where he shot the motherfucker. Shot three. Yeah. Put three in there. He shot him off the fantail. He killed them. You know. Now those that was a real hostage situation, and yeah. he really took decide. I'm not saying inflicting violence, obviously. Let me be very clear about yeah, that. That's not but what we're talking about. It's the schizophrenia of the messaging. It's it, in one breath you say. These people took the American working class hostage, mm-hmm. American people hostage. And I couldn't let them be hurt. Mm-hmm. I can I can actually respect that. I really yep. I can feel yep. for it anyway. And the next breath, and I take John Boehner at his word. Yeah, yeah. You know, and the next breath. And by the way, shut up, shut up hippies. <laughs> yes. Look, man, we're the people who told you this is what these people are like. Yep. And here's yep. what your message should be, Mr. President. And really, I hate it when columnists write. Here's the column. Here's the speech he should have given. But really. If it's true, if the, if the, the problem I have is the internal logic of your press conference doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah. With, yeah. On the one hand, you're saying Republicans are hostage-taking bastards who have no feeling, who, who, or, who are contemptuous of the American people. On the other hand, I'm going to tell you that the best way to deal with people like that is to give them everything they want and pray to, and give them more power. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. pray to God they don't do it again because, you know, they're nice people. They really want what's best for America. And then beat up on a hippie. Yeah, and that's just fucking nuts. Now the Republican message is always the same. Yeah. Barack Obama is 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 a monster who needs to be taken down by any means necessary. Every fucking Republican, from Mitch McConnell down to the down to the the guy at the Elk Lodge who's getting drunk, telling his friends about the Kenyan usurper, they all parrot the same message. So, Mr. President, here's a clue. let me let me lend you a free clue. Call Republicans lying scumbags. Mm-hmm. Dress up the language any way you want, but. Every speech begin with, and of course the problems we have now are due to the fact that the Republican Party is Lie made up of us. monsters yeah. and lying scumbags. Yep. Next question. Well, that's a very good question, Jake. The, the real problem is, of course, that Mitch McConnell can't be trusted. He's a lying, duplicitous douchebag. Mm-hmm. Next question. And you just ha- – and you know what? We will, we will carry that message forward. It doesn't cost you anything. And he can dress up the language and say yeah. that we, we operated in good faith and they didn't or however yes. he wants to say it. But quit joking about yeah. it. Yeah. Quit yeah. go, ha, 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 the math wasn't good over the last 10 years. No. What you meant to say was the Bush administration let their friends loot this country yep. and lied about it. But you won't say that. And, and we are completely mystified on the right on the, on the left, Mr. President, as to why you won't say that. Why won't you let those words come out of your mouth? Because you know they're the truth. Yep. You know that we know them. And, but I think you're really mad at us because we know the truth. Yeah. And that's why you get mad at hippies. That's why you get <laughs> mad at the left because – we know you're bullshitting. Yep. And you won't say it well, out loud. And I, I would not have had a problem with him saying what I said. You know, mm-hmm. hippies are more interested in being right than being powerful. We have to be pragmatic here. In this instance, 
the left mm-hmm. is correct about this. These tax cuts for billionaires are morally reprehensible, mm-hmm. and they're and they're holding us hostage, et cetera, et cetera. Instead, he just got mad at us about holding him accountable, which for, makes you know, no sense. And brought the public and, option back. You know, thank you for oh, dragging that, that out of the yeah. grave <laughs> and bringing it back in the middle of the press conference. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I would have said, if I were a reporter in the room, honestly, yeah, I would have, I would have said, okay. So, the, so getting worked up about the public option. Let's not re-legislate this, but mm-hmm. the the liberal case was you should have started with single payer, mm-hmm. which which every liberal believed was the best idea, and and everyone does because cost mm-hmm. control was your number one argument, at least mm-hmm. one of them, mm-hmm. and then negotiate down to the public option. Yeah. But you gave everything away. You up gave front. that up. You you and Rahm Emanuel gave that up first. Yeah. And you didn't yes. ask for anything in return. Yeah. And then you let them. And control that's what the seems to be happening again. That seems to be his negotiating structure. Well, and and that's and and then I would say now, given let's set aside the public option, let's talk about Shirley Sherrod. Exactly, and, and admi- you know, I was thinking about that. This I wanted to say, I was thinking about that this just this morning mm-hmm. when we did our Breitbart show. Uh-huh. Um, you said something about Shirley Sherrod and that whole thing. Of, was it profound? I hope it listen, was. Listen, Barack Obama, you just lost your base. That's what you yeah. said. Yeah. And at the time, I didn't really believe you. Mm-hmm. And I do now. <laughs> I really believe that he's lost his base. And it's it, going to take mm-hmm. – it may, it may be impossible for him to get it back. Well, And, um, and that's and, – and he lost and That's it. a tragedy. And it, it is possible mm-hmm. that in it, – it is technically possible – that in each case, and it is a tragedy. It is yeah. technically possible that in in health in healthcare, et cetera, he was operating in good faith. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. And by the way, a brief aside: um, <laughs> yeah. now is a really good time to be 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 wary of concerned trolls. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. They have they have shown up on my site. I will not um, um, mention anybody by name, but uh, there are people who simply who only show up when you are despondent. To say, ha ha, fuck you, told you. Yep. Who believe in nothing. Yep. Who have absolutely nothing to offer. Who sell nothing but despair. And who, like leeches, attach themselves to bad news and just feed off of it. Well, and feel that they're, they sound really intelligent because they're yeah. completely negative all the time. And yeah. they always are. And that's the only time they ever, ever open their mouth was to, is to say, see, fuck you, everything's see, useless. Everything's, I yeah. <laughs> well, you're very emo. Thank yeah. you. Thank yeah. you for and your I emo. Suggest, <laughs> and if life is hopeless, all I can suggest is go to the basement with yeah. a gun yeah. and end it. Yeah. But don't, don't don't drag the rest of us down there with you because we're not going. Yeah. Because yeah. if you think life is hopeless, fine. But you seem to have an awful lot of time to to comment roll around the other internet people's blogs, yeah, <clears throat> and yes. endlessly comment about how everybody should be pissed off and desperate and and everything has failed. I don't think everything's failed. I have a great deal of hope about the future. I have a great deal of positiveness yep. about the Me future. I am specifically pissed off because. The person I hired to do a job of work for me, named Barack Obama, is not doing the job I thought I hired him to do. Right. And we seem to be engaged in what we, in the business world, used to call um, sort of consultant fight or, or you know, consultant argument, where they say, "No, see, I prom, I didn't promise to deliver this to you. I promised to deliver that to you." And you ended this. Endless petty bickering about yeah. what I really said was. I never promised a public option. I never promised. Well, yeah, okay. Yeah, you did. <laughs> you kind of did, and you kind of promised a lot of other shit. 
But I can understand the need to cut deals along the way. That truly is politics. Yep. I do not understand why in the case of Van Jones and Shirley Sherrod and healthcare and this, the reflex of your administration is to punch people on the left and capitulate to the people on the right who in the next breath First. you will say First. can't be trusted yep. and and it's their fault that we're in this mess anyway. So let's give them more power. Yep. That's the sign of a coward. Yep. That's the sign of someone who does not know how to cope with bullies. Yep. And that scares the shit out of me. Yeah, yeah. Because the problem in this country comes down to one thing and it's conservatives. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and, and I wanted to say something else about the timing of all of this. Mm-hmm. And you know, no one, no one can change the timing of a lame duck session. The lame duck session is when it is. Mm-hmm. But there is something incredibly damaging, I think, politically, to the fact that this is happening during the Christmas season. Oh yeah. And yeah. I thought about this a lot because uh, my dear Auntie M sent the children a copy of the Christmas Carol, and my son grabbed it and said, "Oh, I really want to <coughs> read this," and he he's reading it. You know, brand new eyes reading Dickens' Christmas Carol, which is so awesome. Lucky bastard, yeah. But as I thought about that and thought about Dickens and so forth, I thought, you know, Dickens could have set this story at any time. And Scrooge could have been visited by three ghosts in the middle of summer and had this transformation and so forth. It's set at Christmas because Christmas is the time. And this is why people get depressed at Christmas, I'm convinced, including me. I don't think it's just merely that we're overrun with commercialism and overrun with materialism and that that's depressing. I don't think that's it. I think it's that this is the time of year when you expect in your own life that you're going to be generous to your loved ones. And when you can't do that, that's Mm -hmm. depressing. When you cannot express your love for someone (laughs) in a Uh – traditional yes materialistic but it's it's a token of appreciation and love for those people right and when you don't have it to give mm-hmm. that's depressing and what and and, and 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 it's interesting to me i've seen this several times over the past few weeks there have been statistics that show you know holiday giving is down and holiday uh charity giving there's challenges there but they always add in these articles that mm-hmm. Lower income people give a higher percentage of their income to charity yeah. than rich people. And that's what you, you have described in this podcast before. Yeah. Or mentioned is the widow's might, right? Yeah, the widow's might. That's you the, give what mm-hmm. you have, but also with the understanding that, I mean, this is my perspective. If you're struggling financially, you know how hard it is. And if you think oh, of yeah. someone that's worse off than you, yeah. you really want to help that person. Yep. You really want to well, help the, that. The best tippers are always, you know, waitstaff. People yeah. Who've oh, yeah. People who've been waitress. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Go ahead. I would also add that, that winter, you know, speaking of timing and calendars, winter, as everyone knows, is, is the time of seasonally affected disorder. Right, right. Which I'm convinced is simply the reaction that large mammals have to not being able to sleep 20 hours a day, which is what we're supposed to do <laughs> during the winter. We're supposed to, you know, lard up during the fall. Yep. And sleep during the cold and get up and have babies in the spring yep. or make babies in the spring. That's our natural cycle. And, and yet we're wide awake all during the dark months. Yep. And But we're not biologically wired to be that way. So we have this reaction to it. But it is the, during the darkest. And this is this is old. This is pagan. This is, yeah. you know, this is yeah. prehistoric during the most 
desperate time of the year when it's the literally the darkest, the coldest, the harvest is dead, everything's dead. You have this little feast of plenty as a as as a as a bulwark against uh, the coming darkness. You know, you sort of throw food and throw merriment and throw good cheer and fire and liquor in the face of a cold winter and say, yeah. fuck you. Yep. <laughs> you know, we're still yep. here. We're still alive. We're still doing fine. And it really is a celebration of, of surviving the hard times and, 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 and surviving enough to throw a little party yep. to make a little celebration out of it. And when people can't do that, yeah, exactly. it reinforces how dark and how depressing and how terrifying the future looks. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. you know, this is where we're at right now. The future does look a little bit terrifying. But, you know, at, at, I hate to be, you know, corny. I hate to be Dickensian and corny. But the time when you most need a little bit of cheer and celebration and to hold on to each other is, is when it's dark outside. dark, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I loved your comment about how Obama is entering his ponfar phase. <laughs> I yes. guess the hippies. I just wanted to make sure we added that. Yeah. That's pretty funny. I was going to say, there is, that other, there is that other explanation for why he's And because he's a Vulcan. And he's yeah, going through right. So, you know, he's, he's, he's trying to kill Captain Kirk. Like, what's the hell's the matter with you? You don't understand, Captain. It's something we don't talk about. It's a cycle. Every seven years, I go fucking nuts and I have to kill somebody. And yeah. it's you this time. So hippies, you know, don't feel bad. And I, I do think that the GOP is going to have some serious karma to deal with. Well, we're doing this at Christmas and holding yeah. hostage. I, I think that's true. Uh, uh, but I'm not, I'm not convinced that Obama is more than a one-term president at this point. And me neither. I'm very disappointed in him, and he's got to snap out of it if, if he expects to win. But I say that fully aware that I am the woman that sat on the edge of my bed and prayed <laughs> that Harry Reid would win his election I know. I and, know. you know, kick myself for that. And and someone on one of the Crooks and Liars threads when, it, when this deal was released said, quick, put up a post about how Sarah Palin might run for president. <laughs> well, and I get that. And that was yeah. that really kind of hit me in a soft spot. Like, yeah, I know. That's yeah. sort of that's well, sort of the only thing they've got going for them is the other side and that's not enough i don't think well, that's enough the two factors that that i try to factor in and a disturbing number of my fellow travelers and left won't factor into their equation mm-hmm. is is this fantasy that um you know this is going to play really badly yeah you know yeah. The, the, this is overreached you know and and uh, dave weigel has this column this morning about you know Republicans have been shown to be revealed to be like heartless bastards. I'm not quite sure I've got it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, shown to who? Who doesn't know that? Well, yeah, yeah. Who doesn't know that? I mean, this is not – Glenn Beck like, viewers don't give a shit. And you know who really doesn't give a shit is Rush Limbaugh listeners. No. They like being mean and nasty. Heartless being people. heartless pricks means heartless you're Heartless prick you're to tough. poor people means you're strong. Yeah. yeah. And so the idea that somehow there's – that that – that, that they're going to look bad over Christmas by kicking poor people. Fuck. They've been, they've been running a political party on the yeah. backs of poor people, you know, on the backs For of Jesus. For 45, you know, 50 years. Well, yeah. do, and it's worked really well. So this fantasy that somehow that this dose of I mean, cruelty, yeah. oh, this is the one that's going to break the camel's back, is nonsense. And the second thing about Sarah Palin is this was, of course, the subject of, you know, a little bit of drinking and talking last night. And it was, no, I, you know, I was around when it was Ronald Reagan and George W. Bush who were the dummies who were, we were praying we'd run against because, yeah, yeah, God, yeah. who'd vote for those idiots, right? 
Lots well, of people will if there's something to vote against. I mean, yeah. that's well, the thing. It, yeah. And and we know here's what we know for a fact: the Republican base is a lost cause. Yeah. They they they're unsalvageable human you know electoral refuse. They will never get any better. They will never see reason. Uh, if you went over and looked at the at some of those right wing sites, I was getting kicked around yeah. a little, on a couple of them yesterday. They were furious because the tax cuts weren't deep enough. Yeah, yeah. And that yeah. anybody gave anything to the unemployed. They were yeah. outraged. You know, so so right off the Tea Party, they're never coming back. The base, which is let's face it, ninety percent of the Tea Party, and never coming back. So we're stuck with the same equation we were stuck with last election, the election before, the election before that. A little tiny group in the middle. It's getting smaller every day. Well, and, and there's this myth of the grand independent voter that yeah. the inside the Beltway villagers mm-hmm. want to canonize as the only reason to do anything. Yes. In Washington, and I'm really sick of that. They're not. They're, I don't believe they're called independents, Blue. I think they're called the American people. Oh, okay. Because well. the first words out of every these every one of these douchebags' mouth is, "I think the American people are are are, are have a problem with this. I okay. think the American people will see through this. I think the no no there are no American people." Mm-hmm. There are the fifty percent of the population who who have no concept that any of this is even going they scratch on. Scratch their ass and change the channel to yeah. like, Jersey Licious, right? Yeah. right. <laughs> the, the people that Harlan Ellison called the Great Wad. Yeah. All right. Then there's 50, the fifty percent of the rest. Half of those people are crazy. Yeah. So that's the American people, and the tiny little sliver in the middle who can't ever wake up their mind until two days before the election. Because I saw this commercial about health care and I want it, but then Glenn, Glenn Beck told me that they were all socialists. So I'm not sure what I think. Mm-hmm. Those are the people that they're canonizing and they're appealing to. Yeah. And that's America. And if you know? Mike Pence comes on and says, well, you know, what we really need is across-the-board tax, tax relief for he, the American people. Oh, yeah, that sounds good, Mike. He said freedom. He said freedom. a freedom yeah. solution. Yeah. A yeah. common sense freedom. So I'm for common sense. I'm for freedom. Yep. You know, I'm going to give him a try, and yeah, that's yeah. who is driving the bus. I really don't like Obama because he's weak and, and a wimpy. Well, yeah, he is. Mm-hmm. So let's yeah. give Mike Pence a try. Maybe that'll work in Washington. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. You know, that's and you said the other day. You know, at this point, not to get all hopeless, uh-huh. but you know, if the American people uh-huh. decide that you know the the past eight years are erased. Yeah. And la, 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 la. And never we'll just happened. select Mike Pence because that never happened, which mm-hmm. Barack Obama is helping yes, that's along the problem. That's the problem. by getting foreign countries to stop investigating the previous administration. Mm-hmm. Hello? Mm-hmm. <sighs> Barack Obama, I wish for you this one thing. Over the Christmas holidays, read Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> And when because you call it by its name, you have it to call things by power. Exactly. Yes. Call them by their proper name. You came perilously close. You said there were hostage takers, but then you had to pivot to yeah. make the independents happy and grab a hippie off the bench and punch them randomly because to show that you're a good centrist, that you're a good yep. David Brooks centrist. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't elect a David Brooks centrist. Nope. I write a column every week telling people why David Brooks is the most dangerous and flagrantly lying man in America. I don't want that in the White House. I know why you feel you have to suck up to him. And if you have to do that every now and then, that's fine. But for God's sakes, the Republican Party has essentially said they want your head in a pike. Yeah. yeah. And you're saying, I'm sure I can get along with these guys. And you look like an idiot when you say that. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. please, Mr. President, stop looking like an idiot because I know you're not. We want to wish everyone a happy Zappa, Dan. We do. (laughs) Frank Zappa, the 
you know, original blogger in music, so to speak, <laughs> died on December 4th, and his birthday is December 22nd. Back when I was uh, part of the group blog, The Aristocrats, it was thought to somehow honor Frank Zappa on the anniversary of his death, which is December 4th. And then someone had the wonderful idea that, and I think it was Mark Hoback, who's now at Fried Green Al-Qaeda's, that since Frank Zappa's birthday is December 22nd, maybe we should make it a month-long celebration of Frank Zappa and call it the Holy Month of Zappadan, which, you know, everyone loved that idea. So Uh that has continued on. There are blogs running Frank Zappa videos and uh, celebrating Frank Zappa art and Frank Zappa quotes and, of course, the wonderful – Two two wonderful videos of Frank Zappa. One is him, a very young Frank Zappa, playing the bicycle with a violin bow <laughs> on the Steve Allen show back in the early '60s. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the the Crossfire debate, which is yeah. marvelous. Yeah. If you haven't seen that, it's classic. It's classic. Frank Zappa Crossfire. Go find it on YouTube. It's awesome. Oh. We want to thank all of you for listening. We did hit 100,000 listens last Saturday. Yay. Yay. Yes, we did. Yay. Thanks, thank Mom. Thank you, everybody. Yeah. And uh, you can write us. We'd love to hear from you. We've had some great emails this week from Ireland and across the country, all over the place. Uh, our email address is proleftpodcast at gmail.com. Write us anytime. That goes to both of our email boxes. It does. We have a website, professionalleft.blogspot.com which is transcending Robert Gibbs' petulant wine, actually. I think it's the title. It's just, it's us now. And at our website, professionalleft.blogspot.com, you can listen for free without download and without a registration. I had a thank you note from someone about that because mm-hmm. listening from work is difficult for her yes. if she has to register or in any other way identify herself. This is totally anonymous blogging here you can go and just click play listen without fear listen without fear Hmm? and click play on our website at professionalleft.blogspot.com and you will hear us for free and our whole archives are there too Mm -hmm. at that website there is an opportunity for you to kick five bucks in the hat Mm -hmm. and put a little mistletoe over our tree (laughs) we appreciate (laughs) the kisses that come in the form of five dollar contributions And uh, that's all we ask for. We know times are tough. Five bucks in the hat helps us defray our costs for podcasting, and we are very grateful to everyone. And and we can guarantee that if you kick five bucks in, the ghosts of podcast past, present, and future (laughs) will not visit you on Christmas Eve to haunt your dreams. (sighs) Are the Internet kitties in the holiday spirit these days? I'm afraid not, Blue Cow, because as always, the Internet kitties are whiny, petulant, purity sluts. podcast is produced under a Creative Commons license, copyright 2010, Drift Class Blue Gal Podcast. Hi, that Ghost of Christmas Present is a, a fun party animal, though. Oh, it is. <laughs> yeah, the Ghost of Christmas Present was always like, yeah, let's have another beer. Yeah, yeah sure. let's have a, yeah. Like oh, him. cool. I like him, especially yeah. in that Scrooge musical. He was cool. I like life. Life likes me. He's really cool. I like that. <laughs>